Atlanta, man. Hot Atlanta, it, we can't take it. But how are y'all doing after that uh, really, really bad upset a couple weeks ago? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and you're and you laughing. You know, it's it's no, tough on me. I, I wanted the Falcons to do what they had to do. Like I really did. Like I wanted the, the strippers in Atlanta to like get paid. Like I wanted <laughs> music. Like I wanted to be here. It was some sad stripping. It was some sad stripping going on, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. I just, I felt really bad. If you don't know, I literally was, I, the last time I was like, how old was I? I think I was like nine years old when, I was eight. I was eight years old when we first made the Super Bowl. We lost. I cried like a little baby. And then this time, I'm like, we're losing. And I literally did not leave my seat for like at least 15 minutes. I was just stuck. I couldn't move. I was like, yo, this is not happening. Like, it's always... If you don't know Atlanta sports, we get tortured, dude. Like, we never win nothing. So... I'm so sorry. Like I thought everything was going fine. It was gonna be great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady. Like. Oh like, yeah. Like, that's that's the best part of it being Tom. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm so sorry. <sighs> you know it's alright. You know we'll, we'll be okay. We'll get over it, man. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. So yo, we've been hearing that <laughs> for so long. Maybe next year. Jesus. Well, I'm happy to finally be able to speak with you, man. This is great. Um, you do. Uh, I've, I've seen everything with Black Millennials. You are the creator of like millennials. I think that's a dope idea. I like, first of all, I like you staying on top of everybody. You're not letting any one of these, these, these hypocrites, these, these just slouches. You're not letting none of them get by. And I love it, especially with. I don't want to say her name, but with the whole uh, Noah, Noah from. Uh, I'm sorry, dude oh from. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy. See, I don't even want to say her name, but yeah. Anyway, the Tommy girl. Yeah, see, I'm happy you stay on top of everybody because it's um, now more than ever like new, like real news. I guess we have to talk about it. it's like more. We have to like make sure the truth is being told. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so so me, well, first I want to get my first question with you. Um, it's kind of just like what feminism. What does it really mean to you in particular? And like, what where did it all start? Yeah, so like me, I identify as a black feminist. And what that means is that I understand that black women, especially black trans women, are oppressed in this country, in this world, in a very special and particular way. We get oppressed by patriarchy, white supremacy, queer antagonism, transphobia, all that stuff. Um, And instead of fighting for equality, like mainstream feminism fights for, we fight for equity, we fight for power we fight for justice um for us i or at least for me i don't consider it successful if you know we have more black female you know ceos running these major corporations that are still extracting precious resources in the motherland like that's not a victory to me um instead (laughs) the victory would be folks who are exploited owning the means of production and their labor and getting compensated well um Exactly. So, like, that's what my black feminism looks like. Really just understanding that black women are oppressed in a certain type of way. And instead of fighting for equality and let's make things all equal, we just fight for equity and being restored and having our justice um, repaired. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actively repaired. Like, give me money. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, because it's interesting because you say that it's like you see... 
And so, like, all the positions you were just speaking to, like, I, I saw with the ABC, I, I'm sorry, if I'm, I'm probably getting her position wrong, with some type of executive position that a black woman was put in for ABC, like, all their, okay, their remember you remember that, like, last year or so, and I'm sorry if I'm forgetting her name, uh, but cert, so you're saying for yourself personally, like, certain things as, as that, it doesn't really move you as much because it's a it's it's a one higher up position you want more spread out as far as people who are actually doing making what we watch making what we enjoy whatever making that stuff great those are people who need so i I can okay now i'm I'm following that (laughs) completely agree and it's also just like building and owning like our own platforms institutions structures etc like i don't think it's necessarily um, and, and like nine times out of ten, I don't get really inspired when I see that a black person has better assimilated into a white institution. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, mm-hmm. that's not really a victory to me. That's just uh, reinforcing a very specific oppression. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, like it, just if, to make things more crass, like are we really going to celebrate a, 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 an enslaved person from the 1800s who gets promoted, quote unquote, to field here. Like, yeah. that's not, that's yeah. not victory. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not at all. I, it, like, and to that, it's kind of, those kind of things, looking at it, it's like, it's more satisfying, it's gratifying for, like, and not to call them out, well, you know, forget it, I'll call them out, but more gratifying for, like, I guess you would say, like, white liberals, when they, when they have, the, when they see those, they're like, all right, we've done a good job, we've done a good exactly. deed, and, you know, it's just exactly. satisfying for them, so, like, that kind of stuff for you is just, like, it's not really it's not progressing anything you know it's, it's just not, like, yeah and, and, but and when the, we build and own our own institutions and we can determine how we want to represent ourselves in media how we want to um marshal resources in certain type of ways and how we want to tell our own stories and yes. gather our own data like when we have that that's when i'm like yes yes so i'm yeah, always yeah. about people building black people building institutions that are particularly clear about their purpose in promoting black liberation black liberation have you were you at one point because uh, I'm, I'm starting to get into this mindset now but have you at one point were you like pro like just liberal like mentality even, oh, absolutely. even with the, even with okay but even if it was like from a you know from a white person's perspective and now have, have you at all changed your perspective of like white liberalism like oh my gosh yeah that's absolutely. okay all right go ahead <laughs> absolutely i grew up in new york city so like you know liberalism or center leftness was just always a thing um for me like i was always you know i saw no difference on this i didn't realize that there was yeah, a, yeah. a thing to be like uh, to advance black issues like i just i didn't even know that was a thing so i was like a white liberal's dream when I first, <laughs> I guess, started getting like politicized, I was very like in high school. I was, I was the the one who was just like, yes, like yay, gay rights, gay marriage. That's all. That's how we'll get free. Like I was, yeah. I didn't have like a deeper analysis about race and, and things of that nature and how even if you you know even back then like I didn't think a white liberal could be racist I was like of course they're not racist they're liberal like that's literally what my mind was Same here. like so but now like I'm completely different <laughs> like very very uh hardened about yeah. and if anything I think it's more dangerous for black people to to 
be around white liberals than yeah. really for white conservatives. Quite honestly, it does. I think it like kind of fogs your like your like all like all that you pre- maybe you thought of. I think it kind of just fogs it up and, and pretties everything up for you because they oh. they package things in a way that makes it feel as though that they're you know everything they're doing is on your side is to your benefit, but in in reality it's like they do everything for kind of sport you know like in a way like it's just for them it's fun this is just like part of oh it's so cool like look i'm not a bad person because of this and that and it just makes them feel a lot more at ease that you know what they even though at the end of the day accomplishes nothing but for them for their ego you know like that's i'm starting to get that now i wasn't i was directly i was just with you like as far as how how you said you were like seeing everything about there's no way you know because growing up same here like I was able to go to like evangelical Christian school, so I saw how that was terrible. And then I, you know, transferred went to uh, public school, so I'm in a like more of a mixed area part of Atlanta. And that part of Atlanta was more like liberal, so I then I you know identify with them, and I was like, all right, this is this is more I can understand them more. They're yeah, they're good people, blah blah blah. And I don't want to say all are bad, but it after so after going to college and then just doing more educate you know educating myself more and then seeing a lot of them how they still might say certain things that seem as though they're progressive but then at the same time their actions don't always match it you know like i didn't see oh, that like they still will clutch their purse if i get close to, it's like exactly. they'll cross they'll go to the other side of the street if they see me at like 10 o'clock at night and i'm wearing a, you know, like whatever like they'll still get nervous so i'm like okay oh, but they're not racist because they voted for obama exactly so <laughs> They have another black friend. Don't worry. <laughs> There's always that, and you know, I never see that black friend. They always talk about that one black friend, <laughs> but I never see them. What's up with that? Like, yo, I don't, I don't get that. Think about it. Think about it. Do you ever actually see that black friend? Exactly. So no. Like, we ain't falling for the pump fake no more. Like, I ain't. <laughs> crazy nah it's crazy so okay so even okay along the lines of of uh feminism like did you i i read i was able to read my sister i love you nina uh if she's listening but i she sent me a race and gender in class by angela davis like last summer right and then i realized i think like like what you hinted on uh difference between black and white feminism and then I didn't know that how oppressed the white feminist women were trying to keep of the black women at during the, you know during those times I had no clue that it wasn't all one movement it was completely divided and uh, the black women themselves were looking out for uh, their men as well like and their, their race honestly they were you know they were trying to get their themselves equal rights but they were really pushing for their race just to be equal like uh, and the white feminists were not trying to do that so for you like now like going forward now like what's kind of the biggest difference there with uh i guess modern white feminism and black feminism so for me personally i always sum up white feminism in the following way i say white feminism is essentially misses wanting to be master and run the plantation that's what white <laughs> feminism is all about it's about white women who want to be on par with white men to oppress other people um and we also see that in white queer culture or the white lgbtq community it's all about being as close or as equal to white cisgender heterosexual men as possible um modern white feminism i think is going leaps and bounds to 
uh, I don't know, uh, suggest that if you're a woman, we're just all oppressed in the same way. I don't think that white uh, feminism has at all been mindful of intersectionality. They haven't promoted it. They haven't seen it. I see some people starting to wake up a little bit, but, you know, I, I'm not... Yeah, they haven't caught up completely with... They're not caught up completely. They're unlearning a lot of their own anti-blackness and their own anti-black racism. And, I mean, they can do that in their corner. Like, I'm not going to be around while they're unlearning all that shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they are, you know, I think for the first time, really, like, taking into account uh, intersectionality, like maybe they might be doing that. Um, yeah. Um, and it's few and far in between, and it's certainly not really cohesive or like widespread or mainstream. And um, we see that, you know, through Amy Schumer and Nina Dunham, who are like the face of white feminism right now. Yeah. Who just like for the love of everything, just cannot stop culturally appropriating making fun of black people, um, uh, uh, divesting from, you know, or not even so much divesting, but reinvesting rather in their own brands of white female supremacy. Like, it's just ridiculous. I always hear about those two. I hear about those two constantly. The the only actual news that I know of them uh, and I'm so I hate to be ill-informed on them completely, but only thing I knew about that was the whole Odell Beckham situation there. Yeah, and... like, they've had like track records, like you know, for the past. Like I guess, like why they are the two that we always like see. This is what white feminism is striving for, and what it looks like is because they are so uh, constant in their fuck up. Like yeah. they're just so <laughs> constant in it. Like it's almost like every couple months, there's yet another thing. Um, that they've that they've done yeah that they've done that they've said or whatever else and for the love of everything they just keep doing it um and it's just it's you know it's frightening and scary and honest well not even so that's like that might be a bit too uh severe to say like it's not even frightening it's just ridiculous yeah 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 not like at this point it's jokes like (laughs) (laughs) why why is it that they feel uh i guess Entitled. I don't know if it's an, if it's an entitlement, but a pass. A pa- okay, entitled to like be able to uh, uh, make light of a black of whatever if it's black culture, black this or that. Uh, why do they feel like since they are considered themselves liberal, you know, that now is all right? I can yeah, I can say and do what I want, and you can't say anything about me. What what gives them that pass? Like I don't, I never understand. White that. supremacy does. Like I think they they've always just been this way. They're just on you know higher platforms, so they're more heavily scrutinized. Like gotcha. I don't think this is the I don't think it's the first time that Amy Schumer has made you know a joke about black women or in our asses or whatever else. Like I, I think that they are just the products of white supremacy, and more importantly, the products of white feminism. This is what white feminism does. It says that you can be aggressive and violent to black women in particular black people as a whole but black women in particular um and that's okay um and uh you know like it's it's (laughs) i they (laughs) like they are just like so corny to me like so so corny like and it's like you know what if they had like if they were like experts 
are like really genius or did great or produced great content, I might be able to say, uh, maybe we should not be gentle with them, but like let's 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 watch them unlearn. Unlearn us, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are so mediocre, like so mediocre. Um, they're corny, like they're whack, like they they're just so yeah. crap. Yeah. Like I'm just like you're not gonna like no stop. This is, this is the, like that's the whole thing of them taking it taking this approach to black feminism or anything that's liberating black people they just take it as a you know as a sport though this is like a hobby so it's not it, it will never be something that they truly feel close to their heart so they oh, I don't care what they not. say yeah I don't care what they say so it's like they don't care they yeah, don't care they don't about really black care. people at all like they only quote unquote they only like make an apology or whatever if that if just when get called out yes exactly and exactly. that's when all of a sudden oh you know I didn't and like of the few like apologies that I've seen in the past of them or whatever, it's always me, 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 I, I, I. Yeah. Oh gosh, gosh, gosh. Oh ah ah. And I'm just like, this is <laughs> whack. Like this is just so whack. Like just as a you know, as a. Might as well just not say anything. Just like <laughs> keep doing you. <laughs> I mean, as a as a black woman, are you tired at this point of just apologies? Like, oh my gosh, yes. From from any group, from from offending any, you guys, yeah. How do you feel about just people apologize? What is your like reactions? What is, what is what goes through your head when you have these? I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to make those comments. Blah 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 about black women. Like that happens every single day. But go ahead. Right. I would say. Okay, apologize. That's like the easiest thing to do. But like, what's the actions afterward? Um, so I'm all about just like reparations and reparative justice. So if you know someone does something stupid and they're like, or, or I apologize, and I'm like, okay, great. So you apologize. So now pick a black woman in the world and give them a lot of money. money like, yes, that's yeah. kind of like where I'm at. And <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, even still, then like I'm not like. I just, I don't know, I don't care. Like, it just takes, it takes like, me a lot to, like, trust someone who has exposed their, like, anti-black massage. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we say, massage noir. Um, that, like, speaks to the very real danger and violence that are imposed on black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, once I see that massage noir is there, like... You know, it's. I know it's just going to take a long time to unlearn it. Yeah. So that's why I really care about the apology. I care about like the actions that come after that apology. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I can understand that for sure. At, at some point in time, it, it gets played out, um, and it, like you said, it's not effective. It does nothing, but it just kind of just reminds everybody where where we are have we not really have moved along as as much as they say there's progress there's still people who are ignorant and i guess for that i guess for that it helps expose the ignorant people but that doesn't really at at, at some point like awareness doesn't do so much like we need like you said get to exactly i love awareness but yeah i'm just like i I, I don't know it doesn't make yeah i don't i've never understood that but to that point there i guess it kind of leads us to because um, we're talking about different roles that are played in in talking down on black women, black feminism. Uh, it, when you see the certain things you see on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, or in person, you know, it, just regular day life uh, from black men, what where do we play in that role? Um, oh my! Gosh. And I know you're about to go off. So <laughs> oh man! What, what do we play in that role? Yep. Oh gosh! Um, you know, I when I see black men being misogynist towards black women. I'm just like, watch white supremacy work. Like, it is just working so good. Like, white supremacy has been masterful in how it's completely 
divided the black community, especially along gender lines. Um, whenever I see my brothers um, who are just doing and saying things that are just like so deeply um, violent towards black women, I'm just disgusted yeah. and disheartened. Yeah. And like, I just, I can't even explain how nauseating it is for me. Like I've rolled my eyes so much. Like it's been ridiculous. Like even just recently, like Tyrese talking about oh like, my God. non-black wife. Like if you black women just like stop doing music and stop getting surgery people will like you more it's just like no be quiet like yeah. just shh you didn't have to say anything <laughs> um, yeah he's like yeah. it's disheartening it really is disheartening yeah no it's speaking of with him with that that's i think that's one of the biggest if not the always you know talked about topic we see just social media wise coming from us you know as as a black man it's it's constantly on uh what you guys are doing wrong what you what you guys refuse to actually accept and you know coerce to and stuff like that there's like a box that apparently that as black men we built around black women that to to do these certain things and when it's when that's not happening then we say you guys are like not you're 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 people who you cannot ever have a, a good relationship with you know like that's what it's always apparent as and like a lot of times, I mean, I have friends I grew up with, and I've heard some of the most like misogynistic things ever that I probably would never repeat. But and it's things that also they seem so easy to just to come off like the tongue. Like people just say it like it's nothing. And it's now getting older, I'm like it's wild to me to think that that was something that was so easy, easily right. said, and and felt it. And at the same time, it was like it was no harm to us, and we felt no harm to it, even though. Right. Black women, black men, we're it's we're linked, we're together, but we always feel like we can just talk down on you all, and it's it's just like 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 we're not together. Like that's why I'm starting to realize, like damn, we talk like we like they're not one with us. Like it's it's just it's black men and it's black women. That's it. You guys do your thing, we do our thing, and that I think like that yeah. speaks to how just normalized misogynoir is within our yeah. community. Like we we say and do and. and into things that we we don't even see as misogynistic. We see it as oh, that's just like the bros talking. Like that's just how we talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think that means we have to do a lot of like work in our own community, some political education um, with our comrades about like, ayo, this is actually very violent towards Black women. And I mean, I think Black men should be the one. To, to weaponize their privilege in such spaces and check that behavior in real time and really lead that process of like in real time, real moments of saying no, that was actually very misogynistic what you <laughs> yeah. just said. Yeah. Um, or, you know, this is like a very misogynistic thought. You probably shouldn't or whatever else. Um, I would I hope that we can build that sustainable um, dialogue, uh, behavior etc that really centers black women particularly black trans women when we see within our own community what violence is enacted upon upon the most vulnerable of us yes yes that's and and even from i guess it would be from our perspective it's so much uh i think one another just a component of it is so much of like liberating of of african-american people african people is so geared towards just focusing on the uh, the male perspective. Yeah, and then we totally. have and yeah, so th- so we have our own patriarchy, obviously that's very strong mm-hmm. in our own community, and and as an e- you know with the ego along tag the ego along with that, then you feel as though um, 
I, I don't know if there's a fear of giving you know, giving your equal equal say to black women and giving them that platform and giving them this and that like where it's like unwhelming to give up like that's what I don't know that's what from afar I feel like it's like a like a just a, oh, totally. a there's a standoff I mean, it's like a standoff ways I kind yeah. of like empathize too in some ways not yeah. entirely but like I mean when as black men like no one denies that black men are oppressed in this nation right yeah no one denies that black men have been um, particularly targeted for the for the carceral state we know this we know that police brutality um, happens at record high numbers for black men etc so like for black men who have just are, who are also living under this system of oppression and everything's being stripped from them I get why why they would believe that somehow to have some sense of dignity or humanity yeah. they need to then oppress someone else that's what white supremacy teaches us mm-hmm. white supremacy taught us that in order to have some value within this system you have to have demonstrated and proven that you can divide and conquer a community yes. um, and that's I feel like a lot of black men have internalized that very toxic belief um, and now we just have to like really work together to unlearn all the toxicity that white supremacy has taught us okay, completely I, I think into that point I remember there was a portion out of um, if I'm not mistaken it's the salvation book from bell hooks and mm-hmm. I remember there was a passage there that spoke exactly what you talked about which was there's always somebody else that you need to rule over so like there was I think it was pretty much post I guess you would say post-slavery, if I'm not mistaken, or post-civil rights, but either or, it was one of those where then the black men felt that, all right, you come, you go to work for the white men, go work for them, and then you come home, and that's your own, like, like, that's your, your own kingdom, yeah your own kingdom space. so yeah so it's like then you act the same as they did you know you learn those things when you outside the house you come home you do the same thing and so it was like pretty much what i always say is like it's like a war on women constantly right so absolutely it, absolutely yeah. and i mean like honestly this is very oxymoronic or like or a paradox of sorts but the place where or in the space where we were most equal black men and black women mm-hmm. was on the plantation okay. and that's like a very frightening um yeah. thing to like really raise like yeah. because as uh, angela davis explained in women raised in class love that book yes um yeah. we weren't gendered at first like if they you know slave masters and white supremacy didn't see oh this is a man this is a woman they saw this is an enslaved population and the men and the women can both pick cotton can both carry like big 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 stacks of like all types of things can yeah. both get beaten the woman actually can get pregnant which is more property for us um that's how they 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 viewed us as genderless we were <clears throat> both uh black men and black women were not looked at as people at all we were looked at as a means of production we were yeah. looked at as property um and so it's, it's actually very uh you know ironic in many ways that that's actually the space in which we were most equal yeah. um and it wasn't until, and i mean of course like there's things that play out throughout the course of their story but now we're in a space where because the black man has been stripped of so much dignity by white supremacy left and right he now feels that he should do that to a black woman and 
this is like, you know, for all the people who are like, oh, she's just beating up on black men. I'll be self-critical and saying we're doing the same thing as cisgender black women. We're doing the exact same thing to black trans women. And that's really? a really big problem. Well, really? And I think Chimama, uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's latest comments crystallize that. It crystallizes that how we are also oppressing a quote-unquote subjugated group of people. Yeah. Um, and... I saw that she made a comment. I saw she made a comment about, um, and I, I hate not completely understand what she was saying, but it was it pretty much was she not giving complete respect to uh, the, the actual struggle that trans that I guess trans men are having or trans women are, are going through? Was it that? So what her and I listened to her comments once or twice because I was just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but there's like a lot happening that week between this regime, this fascist regime that's in place and North Korea, nuclear war, like oh, all this God. stuff happening. So yeah. I didn't really sit with, you know, this controversy. Um, and, um, you know, so basically she was just saying how trans women aren't real women, quote unquote, okay. because um, um, they have lived part of their lives as men. And so just the, do they have male privilege and just uh. because they changed their hair and chose a different gender, they, they, they don't have the same or the real experience of a real woman. And it was just reeking in trans misogyny, what she was saying. Wow. Um, she made this, you know, she basically said that trans women have had privilege because they are, they were born male bodied or, you know, because they were once men and now they're, and it's just like so wrong. Like, yeah. Because violently, yeah. su- violently suppressing who you are exactly. out of fear exactly. that you will be, you will lose your, you know, your your family and social networks and your friendships or your job or your housing stability, etc. Like that's not a privilege, I totally right? Agree. I totally that agree. is a ultra niche form of oppression that many of us will never, many all cisgender folks will never understand. Understand that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where her the problems then, and then she came back with another like array of comments that I didn't watch because I was like from what I saw on my like timeline and stuff it was just doubling down on her mis- or trans misogyny so I was just like you know what no I don't need to watch this yeah and she got a lot of like really nuanced pushback that you know I thought was was all right um she didn't like get like expertly dragged like yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah. like a stomp out or anything folks really took the time to engage with her and for me I was kind of like I like that we can have these nuanced discussions, sure, but, like, let's just remember that us talking nice to her or, like, being nice to Chima is not, like, the focus here. The focus is the violent things that she said. And that there's, like, an oppressed class of people who were, once again, marginalized. Marginalized, again. Yeah, because, like you said, their their struggle is completely something none of us can actually relate to. So we have to respect that. If you're cis or non-trans, like, if you're cis or non-trans, you will never, we will never understand what it's like to be transgender. And, like, we should do nothing but speak um, and work to protect black trans women. Like, that's it. Like, that's all that we should be charged to do. Completely. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. It's just not, like, I, I get when, when like, because I saw a lot of dialogue about how we have to be with, like, you know, when, when our faves mess up or, like, when people mess up, we need to, like, 
check it, call in and call out and, and like really like be with someone and dig deep and lean in closer, really unpack. And I'm like, that's all well and fine if that's just like, you know, your mom or your dad saying something <laughs> and they don't have like, you know, the analysis and like they're new to this type of, that's where you dig in and get close with someone. But Chima is a noted feminist scholar. Like yeah, she has yeah. resources the tools, the networks, the connections. She has everything. She is completely armed to a teeth when it comes down to understanding trans misogyny and why we need to protect trans womanhood at all costs. Like, she completely has what it takes to know that. So, you know, we don't actually have to be entirely too gentle with her. We can actually be forceful and saying, no, you need to go back and do some more work before you speak on this issue again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's one one person that I would never have expected that would have came out of. Me too. I was very surprised. Yeah, she's somebody that looked really... When she had that speech for Ted, I, I enjoyed the, the. I watched that like a, so many times, but the "We Should All Be Feminist" speech. Uh, I thought that was amazing, and then I, I just so from there on, I was. I had a friend actually that that put me on to her, and and told me like, yo, she's somebody you really should, you know, want to put your ear to because she always says a lot of good things there you can learn something every time she talks you learn something so it happens though i get it that people they say things but she it sounds very ill-informed by her just like she just wasn't she's not educated enough on it or you know that's which will i think take time i think she'll come back and realize that maybe a while ago but yeah like she's a smart woman and i mean like she her book americana like really spoke deeply to me like it was a great story that i could relate to i have that it's really good it's good all right cool i haven't started reading it yet yeah, but I got it. It's, it's in my it's on my list. Put that one on. No oh, good. It's on your list. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great book, and I mean, like it was it was a fantastic story. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, she. I've listened to, to to her speak a few times, like on YouTube. She's a smart woman, and yeah. I know she will unlearn this. Like I know she. So I was just like initially yeah, shot, yeah, surprised, shot. shamefully, because I shouldn't be surprised that cis folks are trans misogynistic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I was. Very you feel like you feel like uh, where how would you like if you can sense the pulse of the black community with what it comes to trans transgender issues and stuff like that I had it where do you think we're at if 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 any if there's any progress have you seen and do you feel any different do you feel like people are at least talking we about it a, more we are in a bad place okay. um, I definitely celebrate the black trans women who have put this conversation um in the forefront and demanded that we as black cis folks do better okay. shout out to l hearns like i love you ah. you're incredible shout out to lordez like your your social media posts and, and the trans women of color collective has like really been um instrumental in me understanding things and they didn't have to do that work like they shouldn't have to yeah um but now i can go as a non-trans person i can go into like other spaces and cis spaces and be like so we need to work on this now um (laughs) how you weaponize privilege yeah i have made it a point to do so i think as an entire black community we are woefully 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 um um been very violent to black trans women particularly in black trans folks as a whole um and yeah, yeah. better i think that we really need to make sure we're marshalling, marshalling financial resources to black trans people we uh because in black trans communities you know the levels of you know housing instability and job insecurity and 
basically everything is yeah, yeah, woefully uh, gone or, subs- ups- or substandard. So we need to make sure that we are protecting uh, trans folks, black trans folks, by just giving them money. Um, and just following in their leadership. When they tell us to do something, we do it. Um, yeah. We have to trust that they are they are the only expert from their experience. And we have mm-hmm. to trust in their leadership. Um, yeah. And we just need to do, we got, we got, we got a lot of work to do. Right. And I, I mean, like, I'm still working through a lot of things, too. Yeah. Um, I know that there's probably some pieces of me that's still trans antagonistic, and I have to find out where those spaces are yeah. um, and unlearn that shit quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, real. That's real. Yeah, of course. Like, there's like, not, like, this, you know, like, I, I feel like, you know, like, I'm a community organizer in radical spaces. So, like, I feel like we, once we get to, like, our wokeness, we think that we just got it. And it's just yeah. like, no. You, never, you, you haven't reached the full form yet. <laughs> You know, like, Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if you watch Dragon Ball Z. But that's it. Like, Dragon Ball Z is like Gohan and Goku. Like, you got to keep... You, you're you not there yet. We're working it. We're not perfect. No, you're not there yet. I have a lot to say about woke, quote-unquote, black spaces. But yeah, we all got it. Oh, but I, I have another question along the lines of that, but go ahead. Should I say it now? Or? No, please. All right. What is, what is this issue I have? No, nah, I have. Uh, well, I have an issue. Let me reword it. I have an issue... <laughs> With I'm I'm because I at first I didn't know anything about what the hell was a hotep right so I'm like <laughs> what the hell is wrong with hoteps and like constantly when I see them it, like literally their rhetoric is it's all about just bashing women gay gay people uh, trans people and I'm like who are, like and then why do they have, first of all why do they have such a huge following and then as a straight no as a straight black man I see constantly us like lifting them up and like you're a dog. Yeah, like y'all, y'all right, y'all right. And I'm like, am I like, I know I'm definitely not the only one, but I'm like, this, something's not right here. Like, oh, of course not. I, yeah. oh, of course so not. what the hell is up with hoteps? Like, I don't get them. Yeah, they are, you know, I call them the unk right um, because, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like some folks have said, you know, hotep is actually a sacred term and should be used. And I, I honestly don't care if we use hotep or not. Like, that's not like my priority gotcha. as far as our fights are concerned. But, you know, the ashy right, the unk right, the YouTubians, <laughs> as my friend likes to call them, um, they're just like a very ahistorical, hyper toxic masculinity group of black men who are literally just looking for a problem like i got you okay they are just they have like no cohesive or consistent analysis um they are fraudulent uh oftentimes they are just doing this doing stuff for attention they make these like three hour long youtube videos that no one watches <laughs> it's so real though, because I don't. I see. I'm like, I'm not watching this. Like, yo, like, <laughs> like what are you? Yeah, have all these conspiracy stuff. And I was like, yo, oh what God, are you talking about? It's so real. Nah, you don't need to. Like, for, there's no yeah, reason. Exactly. Like, no. <laughs> no, nah, because they're a waste of time. I, I've just always been shocked at the amount of attention they receive. 
And and another thing is just I feel like they they speak they're very uneducated people, um, and it's to have that much power, have that much like pull because a lot of them do like they have that much pull within like when it comes to like straight black men and how we think and it's like for it to be like parallel like and no and like and our thought process is like really that's fucked up like so I was like. I, I'm starting to see that people are like, man, he, you know, he actually has a point because constantly what they're doing is blaming black people for everything that happens to black exactly. people. So I'm like, it's just you guys really thought like for them, they feel like they're being like revolutionary or they're being like, oh my gosh, yeah, they they're, like they're extremely arrogant. Yeah, it's entirely wrong. Which is like, wait, like, it's like, <laughs> it's like that's classism within itself. So it's like they feel like they're better black people than other black people. And then I see these things they call us like any other black person. They call them like was it nignogs or nogs? <laughs> the hell! I was like, what is that? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like. Is what the information is very scary because it's it, misinformation, it, yeah. alternative facts like that's yes. what they spent alternative facts. So it's like, yeah, like for them, the, the presidential race, the election was like fun and for them, like it was a, a moment for them to just say, like, um, you know, you know, Obama, you know, didn't do this, Obama did that, which I understand every president can't do everything for black people, blah blah blah. I get it, and, and it, Obama it wasn't the perfect president. I love Obama, obviously, and nobody's gonna be perfect, whatever, but I, we love Obama for our reasons we do. We cherish him for the reasons we do, but for for them, it's like it, uh, it was a time to really just like criticize all black people for not supporting Trump, and and then them like I'm like, do you understand how you're so easily hoodwinked by anything that black people like? They always have to go on the opposite end of what I, what a lot of black people feel personally with, within like just being oppressed and being in this country. They feel like we're complainers that we whine. That we have a slave mentality yeah, and those yeah. things, and I'm like, I, it's just I'm, comp- it's way over my head. Like I cannot understand like they, what world they live in right now. You know, they, they, in many ways, like they, they value their maleness over their blackness, and I think they just need to be real about that. Oh, that's true. Um, that's true. For for Trump, uh, I, I can't even say his name. Excuse me. Forty-five. <laughs> Forty-five. Forty-five. Um, they saw in him everything they actually want. They want to be able to to say vocally 
grab a by the pussy who fucking cares yeah. they want to say that yeah without it being a problem like yeah. that they see you know in many like that's why the youtubians what's so odd about them or ironic is that they actually are playing into the hands of white supremacy beautifully um they want to be like a, a, a 45 <laughs> <laughs> It's just sad. Like, yeah. the self-hate that they have is just so sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, arrogant, um, nasty, disgusting human beings. I, I just have to say that. Like, <laughs> I, um, like, I love, I love it. people, but this fringe of, of these rights, we can, you know, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, no, I'm with you. I, there's one in particular, I don't know if you keep up with him. I have to go at him because I'm obviously a sports writer, so I'm in the sports uh-huh. world. Uh, there's a guy by Jason Whitlock, by the name of Jason Whitlock. He he's on Fox Sports. Uh, fat, you know he's a, you know he's just like a slob, and he just gets on. The, and literally, he wears like an Uncle Tom hat. It's really kind of crazy, but he wears like this <laughs> this little hat. If you look him up, Jason Whitlock. So he wears this hat constantly. He's been the one that he's pretty much a. You would say he has, he has some whole tip in him, and he constantly speaking about out against black players who speak out. Like so, he's been going at Colin Kaepernick every like all the time. I just recently he criticized Kaepernick for seeking out attention for sending an airplane and food over there. Uh, he said that Colin, yeah, exactly. That that's it, it was very tiring just seeing it. Like how you're such you're on a big network like that, and you're you're doing exactly. I guess that's what they pay him for, right? So to speak exactly. down on black. That's, he's yeah, the Stacey Dash. He's the um, Stacey Dash. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, so he's still. Yeah. Oh gosh, that, whatever happened to that girl? I don't. She was so good, and then <laughs> she was so good. good. Like she was like a black girl's dream, like flawless, beautiful, gorgeous, fun, bubbly, and then she is actually like really. Well, so she was on Clueless. Out. She was on Clueless, yeah. right? Which is the irony, right? So it's yeah, like, exactly. and like she's just like now. I saw somebody made that joke that Kanye dropped her off at like the airport and never. Like she was never the same after that. Kanye, what was it? Kanye left her at the airport. She no, he dropped her off at the airport in that video, and then that she never was the same after that. Like that was it for Stacey. <laughs> and then now, yeah, she's a Republican, and I, I get all of them, all the Republicans. Steve Harvey too, saying that we need to respect the forty-five. The, no, we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all these people now are saying that as far as his presidency goes, that. Um, that we should put aside how we feel and respect, no. which I think is r- ridiculous because nobody said that to all the white people who were angry about Obama. So exactly. I don't exactly. get it. Exactly. I don't remember this mainstream. We have to heal and be united. Yeah. For our first black person. I, I didn't see that. Where at was all. that? Like, it, was, it was nowhere. It was not. Ex- it's where All Lives Matter rally is being held. And where are they? Where are All Lives <laughs> Matter anymore? They left real quick. All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter people got very quiet. They're I've, not. Yeah, exactly. They're, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> do you do you stand when you hear the, the criticism for Black for Black Lives Matter? Do you uh, what is your thoughts when you hear people criticize them so harshly? Criticize uh, I forgot his name. Um, Sean King. Sean King. Um, D Ray. All these guys. Like, how does your because I have a, I have friends. I have a friend who says that he feels that um, they do it all for money. They do it all for personal gain. That they actually don't care about Black people or Black liberation. Uh, what's kind of your thoughts on that, like just the Black Lives Matter movement? So it's the you know the BLM movement or the movement for Black Lives as a whole has just been so crucial and important for raising up a discussion that white supremacy has tried to hide for the past two decades. Um, you know, uh, all of a sudden we were post-racial and everything was great, but then 
M4BL comes along and says, actually, the executions of black people still happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have cell phones to document it. Um, so in, in really a reintroducing, uh, you know, a racial understanding of this country and, and being pro-black and loud and vocal and having new, not new language, but improved language on how do we talk about race relations in this country. I think I am forever grateful for this movement as a whole for doing it. Um, like mass popular uprisings, you know, folks are going to find a way to celebritize people. Um, and, you know, like I, I will never understand what it's like uh, to be on such a platform like some of our, like some folks are in this movement, where yeah. you're really getting scrutinized from all over the place. Yeah. Now, some of that scrutiny is justified, right? We do have a right to ask questions about, yeah. you know, like, like why are you? You know, taking a picture with this person, or like, why did you just say that? Like, what, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. Um, why are you taking up a lot of space? Like, we do have a right to say those questions or ask those questions, yeah. um, and to you know have a conversation about strategy and things of that nature. Um, so, you know, I do hope that we'll get to a space where you know there is people got to do a lot of healing. I think. Um, folks need to repair a lot of relationships if that's necessary. Um, people just need to uh, also understand that the, that you know white supremacy, either consciously or subconsciously, will always try to pit us against. No, consciously try to pit us against each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we need to really just be mindful of that when we do have these conversations about people who have higher visibility than others. Yeah, yeah. and I, and it's like they. Part of that, to your point, is just not entirely like, yeah, we can disagree on certain things, which is you're going to, which is why the discussion needs to happen, come to an agreement or come to some kind of understanding. But to, I, for me, it just makes no sense to completely on, on, be on two totally ends of like a, one, maybe a topic or so or whatever, and then feel as though like, all right, well, I, I feel that Black Lives Matter is not doing this. I feel they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um and then the people who don't feel like they're doing this, I like completely write it off because I feel like if you just write it off, you're you don't understand like how much like you're you're taking away from a movement. Like we need everybody, right? So it's like even if you disagree with some of it, there's part of it. There's there's a space there for a discussion. But for what I've seen, it's just like a lot of times people are like, I don't really. I've talked with people, black people who do not like support it, and I'm which is good. I want to hear from their side as well. Um, and from them particularly, they feel like it's they're being they're just like a cog in uh, in a like they're being used like in a movement. They feel like they're not a part of it. So I'm like, all right, how, you know, how in what way can we make everybody feel you know, right. involved? Yeah, because it's like otherwise, some people feel like it's either you're with it or you don't. You know, like that's my my point here. It's just like either you're part of it, or you're not. Yeah. So it's like I'm trying to, I, you know, I just want to see how you felt about you know with that in particular. Just I think that if you are black. And you have, and you're not like an onk, right? And you think that, like, you know, we are supposed to all, be, all go to Israel tomorrow. Like, if you're not that person, like, I think that there is room for you in this movement. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, ideologies and strategies and tactics. And we're not all going to agree. And I think that we, we got to be honest about that. Like, we're just not all going to land on the same place. And liberation, freedom, and justice just looks different for each of us and the thing about the movement is that you can tap into it in a way that you feel comfortable showing up so maybe you don't have a cohesive or coherent analysis about how uh you know um 
gentrification is the direct result of white supremacy. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't see the links between uh, the police state and gentrification. But if you know you care about black issues and you know that you um, you just want black people to be free. So maybe you know you're you're at a protest today and you're carrying a sign that says Black Lives Matter. Even in that, if there's something powerful, yeah. maybe you do commit to just reading um, the, the incredible work of a lot of people who are making those linkages to you. Okay, that's how you're showing up. That's fine. Maybe you're a writer or a journalist or a, a media content creator of some kind, and you don't want to go to a protest. You just want to make graphics for people. Okay, there's room for you to do that. Um, and as organizers, we need to be less arrogant. I will, I'll say that. We need to be less arrogant and more inclusive in how people want to show up. And we need to understand that it's really all hands on deck and that we all have different skills and expertise and no skill is valued more than another. Uh, we need to allow people to show up how they want to show up and we need to actively work to find people who do want to show up yeah. and not close yeah. off our spaces to them just because they can't unpack what it means to live in a white supremacist, cis heteronormative, patriarchal, imperialist society. Maybe that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I swear that kills me. That kills me. Like, yeah. you meet someone who's just for the first time, like, showing up to a meeting, and you're over here, like, so what are your thoughts about the neocolonial state? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're like, relax, <laughs> relax, <laughs> relax. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm, look, I'm just here. I just got here. Like, come on. Like, like, like I just got here. Like, yeah, you time. gotta relax. <laughs> Let me get a couple jump shots in first, and then exactly. we can start playing the exactly. game. Yeah. I feel oh you. my gosh, that killed me. Yeah. And then, like, when they don't know what you're saying, then, you know, I've seen some folks, and I mean, I love community organizers and the folks. I've met a lot of incredible people for this work, and I love you. I have seen other people who are maybe, you know, I don't know too well, but, but I just have seen Yeah. 
throw people away when they're looking to tap in. No, you can't. No, it's, it's so easy to, and it's because for them, it's so easy to get discouraged because you feel like you're behind. Absolutely. Yeah, you feel like you're so behind. It's like, damn, well, I'm so, it's like, there's no way I can catch up to them. So I'm just going to stop. And a lot of them exactly. just stop, you know, like, exactly. yeah, it's like to your and point. I can't stand it when the, the woke people, the woke radicals are over here, like, you know, basically like a, a checklist. Have you read this author? Do you know who this is? Do you know? And it's just like, Not relax. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> relax. That's what Jay-Z had said to R. Kelly when they was, like, popping up. They were. They were relaxed, man. Yo, Kelly was wilding out. I remember that. Yes. Oh, my God. Jay, cool, calm, collected, as he always does. Always does. I'm talking about, yo, relax. I take that with me all the time. Relax. Relax. I see that you're big on hip-hop, too, so let's let's talk about that real quick. So what did you think about the Remy Nicki thing? Oh, Oh, my gosh. I got all of my life, like, with... So, here's my when, when Sheetha first dropped, yeah. and I saw everyone's posting, I thought it was a joke. I was like, this ain't real. This is probably some fake news, right? Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, no, a lot of people are posting it. Like, okay, maybe maybe this was like a song that was like in the vault for like years and stuff. Uh-huh. How we just saw the light of day. And then when I was like, oh, no, because, you know, he talked about the film. So, of course, I listened to the full seven minutes. And my mouth was like just hanging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to put over to scoop my mouth up. Yeah. And I remember when I was done listening to it, I was just like thinking to myself, I was like, Omika needs to go into the closet, take off those stilettos, dust off her Timbs, <laughs> put back in those door knocker earrings, yeah. and act like she's on the south side, Jamaican Queens, <laughs> and just go. Like, just go in the studio. Go in. That's it. And go in and like take no prisoners and she ain't do that. She ain't do that. Right. So it's like Nikki Yeah, are you? Okay, so you were a fellow Barbie, whatever. I was not a Barbie. I've never been a Barbie. A Barb. Okay, Barbie. you never been a Barb, but you you know that's your girl you rock with her. Like I get I that. Her. I like her. She's you know, like I don't like the pop, but you know, I I remember those like come up DVDs and she used to like she went in and yeah. I was like, right, she could she could hold her own, she could spit. Well now um, we don't know if that was her Safari. It was that her Right. I, I, I wasn't behind her own head like that's like a hard charge for a lyricist or mc or what have you like it, it takes like the burden of proof like i literally will need to see safari and her like together together yeah 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 <laughs> sitting down yes so exactly say that, say that. yeah like i need to see that footage and i haven't seen it so i'm still gonna believe that she's behind her own pen mm-hmm. but like yeah. i i was more thinking about the culture like i just wanted her within you know in 48 hours, Nick Nolte. Like, I just wanted to see her, like, yeah. 48 hours, come back with something heavy, and then drop a hit record, and then, like, that's it. She pulled a uh-huh. meek. She pulled out a meek on us, and she didn't do it. Yeah. And it's, like, for, for, like, for her, I, the biggest thing here was, like, this is, like, a, a this is a big moment here just for, like, for hip-hop, obviously, and then you got all, the, like, the spotlight being finally on, like, just female MCs, like, them going at it, which every you know, we love to see that. So it's like it's, it was a dope whole like moment there, and I was like, all right, she can actually just pretty much she can kill Remy if she like this will be big because she already has the stage, she has the people, they will back her. She has more of a following than Remy when it comes to just like I guess you would say popularity goes. Um, but a lot of people like this. This actually showed that a lot of people do rock with Remy, like as far as. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, people I were ruling for her, yeah. For a long time. Like, I love Remy Ma. Like, I think she's incredible. And, like, in Rap Beef, I usually go with the underdog. Yeah. To see when. Mm-hmm. See if they could really pull this off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, whatever. I would say, 
Lakshita was incredible. That was a great diss track. It's one of my favorites now. Mm. Um, she didn't need to drop another one that kind of like changed the conversation. Yeah. Um, she should have just like what she should have done. Drop Sheetha. Wait for Nikki to respond. If mm. Nikki doesn't respond, then just make a hit record and just take stubs after that. Wait, but she gave her like, but she gave her like three days, four, three. Yeah. She gave her like three days to yeah. respond. She gave her enough time to respond because Nikki exactly. was overseas and partying and, and just showing out, and she could have easily just dropped something real quick in the you know middle of the night, drop something. Exactly. Like yeah. I wouldn't even take in like if she just rapped acapella on a Facebook. Live. <laughs> I even take it. For real. Um, um, just to like keep it interesting, but when she would you know when Nikki was just silent, I feel like you know instead of dropping another one, Remy should have just dropped like air radio play like or a club banger that will always just go in the club. Yeah. You know, like these folks live in clubs. Like, that's just where they are. Yeah, so, yeah. thank you. That just will go in the club and not even make it about Nikki. Just like, a, just, ah, 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 just like talk that big girl shit. Yeah. Some, <laughs> make it a hit record and that would have been just like nailing the coffin. Yeah. Uh, but now, like, because like, you know, with Nikki dropping that, those three and they're all chart toppers, like, even though the first one, No Fronts, was Wow, like that thank, you. Like thank you <laughs> that's why I'm like yo I think she I know I get the concept she tried to do what Drake did with back to back and right. make a make a disc club banger because that doesn't happen too often in, in just hip hop period like even looking back like yeah you I'm sure there were disc tracks in the 90s that were like in the clubs and all that. I don't know I was too damn young but I'm sure there were but still it's like now that's like the popping thing to do like definitely exactly. like yes yeah, to make it I would it. say before back to back the old, like one of the few this records like cause this record the diss tracks don't make it in the club like they don't yes like, they yeah. type stuff uh-huh. the last one before back to back was probably Wingsta by 50 Cent yeah that was probably the, the club bigger okay oh, and Piggy Bank Piggy Bank yeah Piggy yeah. Yeah. oh my god that's Piggy Bank he took out everybody he took out yeah. remember he had Cassidy in the video he like yeah. remember that video <laughs> The ninja, yes! I was like, yo, 50. Yo, I don't care anybody says I rock with 50 forever. Like, I don't <laughs> care, dude. You changed the game. Like, if you also gave us, like, the last great rap, like, the Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think people remember, like, how serious nah. it was. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> like, the top level, like, the wax is wild, like, the songs coming out. Yeah. Murder Inc. and G Unit, and everyone was mm-hmm. choosing a size. Yes. Like, that was beautiful. That was dope. We don't get that Nah, man, it's wack. Now we got all the yachties and all them, but I exactly. like. Just be on Instagram, like ah. Yeah, beefing, so Soldier Boy beefing on Instagram all the time. Uh-huh. So it's like, no, nah, I can feel the, the that whole era was just dope. Man. Like, and just when it comes to beef, totally. Like, and, and Jaw Rule talking about it now. Jaws, Jaws. I think he said like last year. He was like, actually, he felt like he won the first round. I was like, dude, no, you didn't win. <laughs> he was on MTV. He was like, yo, I won the first round. I was like, he took no W's at all. Like, none. Like, a, like, like. 50 Cent dragged him yeah. through the streets of Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Out, like, boots in the face, like, Tim's in the face. Yes. Like, just buried him. Like, there was no, no W's for Jabba. Like, 50 and G Unit in that movement, like, single handedly, I think, took down Murder Inc. Murder Inc. Yeah. They had the Fed, they had, you know, they had the Fed charge that came at the round that time. So, Ja always blames it on the Feds. That he nah, couldn't really. Nah. And I was like, nah, you had time though, fam. And then he came with. Then he have uh, reloaded. I think that was the song. Uh, if I'm not, damn, I'm getting. If I'm getting it wrong, reloaded was like his his clapback. Oh, he's going. What was it? Clapback. I'm on clapback. Clap I'm on. Oh yeah. Clap that was terrible. Like, 
like yeah you could kind of dance to it like i you know i was kind of dancing to, but i like this is just a trash though like nah yeah, like yeah, yeah nah yeah. Well, like, People don't understand that 50 can get very disrespectful, right? So, no, extremely. I, I think that's clear. Like, yeah. I think we know that 50 is just like, he's meant for disrespect. He's disrespect. <laughs> so it's like, like, disrespect you and troll you. And troll you. And like, he's just, he just <laughs> wants to be everyone's villain and big boogeyman. He's like the Joker. He is the Joker. Like, like, he does. He's going to make, like, just rock the room around and just disrupt everything. Oh, like, yeah, that's what man. Trying. It's fair, <laughs> man. Anybody can get it. You know, that's why that's what we love about Fifth, man. Now, so hip hop today. Who's your favorite artist right now? Favorite artist right now. Favorite rapper? No, favorite rapper. Let me say favorite rapper. Favorite rapper. My favorite rapper right now. I would say it's a three-way toss-up between Kendrick, J. Cole, and Chance. I like oh, Chance. Chance. Okay. Chance is a sweetie. Like I just, I actually just started really getting into him. Like. For the new school of hip hop, it takes me a while to like gravitate to you because there's just so much trash that I'm yeah. like, very particular about the sound that I like. And my favorite artists are the people that like defy the odds and go against the fray. Like so, Chance's ability to to merge like these gospel sounds with like incredible bars and like a awkward flow that somehow works. Yeah, like, I like that. It so does. It does. I'm also gonna give an honorable mention to my my guy Joey. Ben. Badass. Yes. Um, I love the work he's doing. I think he's an incredible, hungry um, young kid from Brooklyn who has a great, great uh, politic and is not wavering from it, even as he like gets more invested in capitalism. I think him, uh, you know, being uh, he just he just makes like incredible good moves that Joey's you know yeah, Joey's that great. people don't really talk about too much. So I just want to give you know Joey Badass an honorable mention. And the pro era camp, like, keep up the great work. Like, the bars are incredible. Love them. Love them. Yes. Yeah. No, they're dope. Yeah. Joey's one. Joey's one of the few of the, of the new era that's like, and he's only going to get better with it. Joey's pretty young, so it's like, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll get better with it. He'll try. I seen him in concert like last year, and I was like, oh, I was amazed. Nice. Yeah, he's oh, dope. dope. He's dope. He's good. He's good. I like this. I mean, those guys you named are. By far, I would I would even just probably add on with those that you named. Uh, I remember Chance. I really love Chance's acid rap. That's the first, I heard it like I think I heard it like three years ago or so. Acid rap was really dope. But tag along with them too. I would probably say uh, Mick Jenkins. I think you know Mick from Chicago. Um, Mick Jenkins, uh, Saba. I'm really I just got on Saba Pivot. He's from Chicago as well. Oh, okay. Um, Who's some of the other guys I'm trying to think about? I can't think of who else I'm rocking with. My I got too many in my phone. It's so many. Um, it's like so many artists. It's like hard to like find that person. You know what I mean? That's gonna like really change your life as far as like music is concerned. Yeah, it's tough. But I that, just got yeah. into Montana of 300. Like he's from Chicago. Oh yeah, I know. I know. He's yeah, dope. yeah, I yeah. Like him. He has some serious bars. Like I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Montana. He's he's with. Um, GB, was it GB or whatever, and all them like that whole like gang? I think so. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with the trap. Like I love trap music, so like I'm never gonna not like trap music. <laughs> you in Atlanta, so you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> people don't get that. I'm like, I, they're like, I, I hate this. I'm like, I'm looking at them like, I, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. Like I see <laughs> no problem with trap music. Like it's, it's good music to dance to. Yeah, it's fun to dance to a party with. I get that. Definitely. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I don't like rock it or listen like bump it. Like if I'm like on my way to work, like I just you know, what I, I do that. Work. I did that yesterday going to work. I was bumping. <laughs> I'm like, what? Fuck. It's like yo. I mean, it's this New York versus Atlanta. I yeah. Like, I'm in the bars and there's like that's where I'm like really like excited. I also want to shout out 
like, just being Oh, she is sick. Oh, yeah, God. she's sick. Like, Blow. break yeah. through, like, yeah. and just, like, have that, because, like, right now with Red Life and stuff, I think she's still, like, she's still kind of, like, in that startup phase of, like, being a rapper and, like, being a, like, rapper and business person. I'm ready to see, like, her be, like, more, a little bit more sustainable and have, like, solid footing, you know, exactly what it is she's doing, where she's going, definitely yeah. for an album, like, I, you know, I love Young and Day. I think she's, she's interesting. But, you know, like, these are, like, my fav- my faves of the new school. I'm, like, more, like, I have my ultimate, like, five faves or whatever. Who that that kind of fluctuates sometimes. It fluctuates, but, okay. Is yeah. Nas in there? Nas is still my favorite of all time. Oh, of course. Okay. That's, like, you know, of course. Like, my five would be, like, Tupac is number one because he's the prophet. Um, Tupac, Three Stacks. Uh, yes. Thousands of yes. amazing. Busta, Nas, and Jay Z. That's kind of my Busta though. Wow, yeah. that's probably a New York thing. Cause I don't. <laughs> no, we like I ain't rock with Busta. That I didn't rock with him really. I was just like he seems cool. No, he's okay. Good. He's good. And I know, like you know, for your listeners, everyone's gonna be like, "How are you from New York? You don't say Biggie. Don't worry, Biggie's in my top ten, but my top five. <laughs> is, 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 like that's my top five. <laughs> Biggie, look, and you might hate me for this, but for the symbolism. Pac was more important than Biggie, but Biggie, I'm, I'm, I think Biggie had more bars. Excuse me. Yes, I, I think he had more bars. I think he had oh, more bars. Okay. I, I think Biggie was, and we look, you saw all the tapes of him on the, he was on the block just spitting outside of the, the store and all that. Like, Biggie just had bars for days. And I was like, no knock on Pac. Yeah, no knock on Pac, but Pac was, you know, he changed, he was, he was like the lover, he was the, he was like the poet, and you still can have bars as a poet, I'm not saying you can't, but uh, Biggie had those ones that make you just make, make the angry face when you listen to it, it just makes you make yeah. that, that meme that's of, real. like, that's real. yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's real. I, 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 I'm with you, I, like, I feel like the, the, the Biggie Tupac debate, it's, it's much like Christianity versus Islam, as <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean to say, it's just like not... Gonna, there's never gonna be a genuine, like a general consensus. No, never, never. <laughs> like, yeah. This will forever be in the, the hip hop analog. Which is fun. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. amazing. Yeah. Which is what hip hop's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm with <laughs> <But laughs> cool. I'm, I'm firmly with Tupac, like, on this question. Got you. I, you know, I, I respect that. Tupac, no, nah, that's everybody's, man. Right, cool. Well, look, man, I I really appreciate like having yeah, this discussion here. So we, I think a part two will definitely happen, uh, yeah, near future totally. or not. Yeah, let's see how everything we get everything uh, planned out. But I think we should definitely do a part two because it's. I wanted to speak with somebody directly who is as involved as you are, right? So, um, and, and not just because I'm able to read the books. I'm starting to read more of the books. I started like last summer or whatever. And just try to educate myself more, but I want to tag along. You know, I want to attach that also with people who are are, are constantly like in like the grassroots and like oh. actually doing it. You know, like because it helps totally. it more. Yeah, help me kind of. It brings it more to like the forefront. It makes me understand it a little bit more. Just like now, recently, especially with how into like modern wise. You know, like obviously I want to know the history of it, but I need to also understand how it works today in this like digital era. Like everything being so technology based. So. I really appreciate Ariel, man. This was this was Thank really dope. Thank you. This, was was dope. A, this was a lot of fun, definitely. I don't take interviews anymore, but like... What? I don't know. I, I'm I, a I, special. I, know. Oh. <laughs> I think this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So we're cool. Yeah, yeah. So you, you want to plug anything? You want to plug anything? Um, I want to plug racebader.com. That's R-A-C-E-B-A-D-E-R. Um, I have a 
A-I-T-R.com. This is a endeavor by my friend, Hari Ziad, and I just came in as a editor. Um, incredible, great content. If you want to learn more about, um, you know, have a great analysis about black pop culture and like the systems and all that really great stuff, please, please go there. Of course, if you want to read some of my older writing, www.blackmillennials.com. And also, keep an eye out for a really super um, initiative that I'm launching in June. So, oh. that's a ways away, but keep, keep in touch with me. Like, nice. I think there's going to be a lot of incredible um, work that's going, that I'm spearheading that solely focuses on making sure that black content creators are compensated um, adequately for the incredible work that we do. Nice. And that Twitter handle, Twitter handle. Ariel, A-R-I-E-L-L-E underscore new in. New in. Ariel Newman, Eric, your boy here. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully we'll have a part two. We'll see you in the future. But appreciate you everybody for listening. We out.